0: media networks this is America's first news this morning with your host Gordon Deal a wobbly agreement good morning I'm Gordon Deal along with Nicole Murray On this Monday, January 8th, glad you could be with us. Here's what we have for you this hour.
1: Negotiators on Capitol Hill have struck a deal on a government spending level, but the compromise already has its critics.
0: Tens of millions of Americans are bracing for more severe weather after much of the East got heavy rain or snow this weekend.
1: In football, the NFL playoffs are set, and Michigan plays Washington tonight for the College Football National Championship.
0: And your action plan for
2: tackling your post-holiday credit card debt. There's one-third of consumers in one survey said that they went into debt over the holiday season, and in that time, they racked up an average 1, 000, just over 1000 bucks in debt. It's safe to bet that it, there was, there, there's a whole heck of a lot more credit card debt coming to us in the fourth quarter. Andrew Keschner at MarketWatch on getting rid of credit card debt to
0: start the new year. Congressional negotiators have agreed to a federal spending level for the year, but it's not a done deal just yet. The full House and Senate still have to approve it. The $1.6 trillion figure has already drawn criticism from conservatives. Tennessee Congressman Tim Burchett on Fox News.
3: We'll go home and tell our constituents, oh, we're going to cut this, we're going to make cuts, we're going to defund the U.N., and we're never going to do any of that stuff because we don't have the guts.
0: Lawmakers are trying to avoid a government shutdown before two approaching deadlines. Funding for federal transportation programs, housing and food plans, and other resources are still set to expire in 11 days. The deadline for the Departments of Health and Human Services, Commerce, Labor, State, and Defense comes two weeks later on February 2nd. Under the current proposal, there would be $886 billion in defense spending, and $772 billion in domestic non-defense spending. It's in line with a deal President Biden and former House Speaker Kevin McCarthy made last year. Federal investigators now have a key piece of information as they try to piece together why a gaping hole opened midair in the side of an Alaska Airlines jet on Friday. National Transportation Safety Board Chairwoman Jennifer Homendy said late yesterday that the key missing component from the Boeing 737 MAX 9 jet involved in an emergency landing had been recovered from the backyard of a suburban home in the Cedar Hills neighborhood of Portland, Oregon, by a man named Bob.
4: Bob contacted us at witness at ntsb.gov with two photos of the uh, door plug Uh, and said he found it in his backyard.
0: The plug door tore off the left side of the aircraft following takeoff from Portland en route to Ontario, California, depressurizing the plane and forcing pilots to turn back and land safely with all 171 passengers and six crew on board. The panel discovered measured about four feet long and weighed 63 pounds. The piece was used on the plane to plug up a space for an unused door near the back of the aircraft. Back-to-back storms for tens of millions of Americans in the east. Days after the season's first big winter storm, another storm is looming, expected to bring heavy snow, blizzard conditions, strong winds, potential tornadoes, and serious flooding as it makes its way from the southwest to the northeast through midweek. Meanwhile, a storm yesterday brought heavy snow and freezing rain to some communities spread across New England. New York Governor Kathy Hochul.
4: The highest snowfall amounts were in the Catskills and the eastern Hudson Valley 14 inches in our winter today, Ulster County.
0: The northeast snow came as a Sierra Nevada storm. Packing heavy snow shut down a stretch of interstate Saturday and briefly knocked out power to tens of thousands in Reno, Nevada. Today and tomorrow, nearly 70 million people across the Gulf Coast and southeast are at risk for severe weather, including tornadoes, damaging wind, and flooding rain. For all the ones who get it done, Granger is always there to help. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, 24 7 support, free access to product specialists, and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Plus, they provide real time product availability online and have sourcing specialists who can help you track down hard to find items. And their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call 1 800 Granger. Click granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Thanks for spending time with us. Welcome into Monday. Every time the gargantuan national debt trips around number, there's a flurry of attention before we get back to borrowing and spending more. The national debt recently hit $34 trillion for the first time ever. Rick Newman, senior columnist at Yahoo Finance, is asking how long before the debt suffocates the economy. Rick, your take
5: there was news recently that uh it hit 34 trillion dollars the nat- the national debt basically hits a new record high every single day uh because we are just borrowing ever more money um that that has been going on for a while and that hasn't changed but nobody notices except when it hits a when it trips through a round number 34 trillion dollars um it's going to trip through 35 trillion dollars probably later this year probably by election day the national debt is going to be 35 trillion dollars I think by the time the next president leaves office, it's going to be well above $40 trillion, and it could be close to $50 trillion by that point if there's a recession or anything that cuts into growth or requires any kind of fiscal stimulus. So, uh, you know, bu- budget hawks have pr- been predicting a debt crisis for a long time, and many of them said it uh, should have been here before we got this much debt. And we are actually starting to see what happens when there is too much U.S. borrowing. Uh, Some economists are saying, yes, the debt crisis is here. It's not hitting like a tidal wave. It's hitting like uh, sunny-day flooding where you're starting to get water in the streets and you're wondering what the heck is going on. And this showed up in the second half of 2023 in uh, longer-term interest rates, that were about three quarters of a percentage point higher than they should have been given what was going on in the markets. And there were a couple glitches at treasury auctions where there didn't seem to be enough um, demand for the treasury securities that the government was um, putting onto the market, auctioning onto the market. That, pushed, uh, that made markets pretty jumpy for a little while. And there was a period of time where the number one thing investors and Wall Street analysts were looking at was not, where's the stock market, it wasn't corporate earnings, it was, when is the next Treasury auction coming up, and is it going to run smoothly? Wow. So the, tr- the Treasury kind of ironed things out there. It, it, it changed the mix of securities it offers. But we have now, for the first time, seen some evidence that massive amounts of U.S. borrowing are pushing up interest rates higher than they would otherwise be. Now, interest rates have come down for market reasons during the last few months. But this has started to become a dynamic in the market, so I think this is super important and something we need to pay attention to. If we really do have a full-blown debt crisis, it will mean the Treasury Department is issu- issuing more debt than the market wants. There is not enough uh, demand for all the debt that the Treasury Department is issuing, which means the Treasury is going to have to pay a higher interest rate, and that will affect the interest rate that everybody pays on mortgages, right. car loans, business loans, everything else.
0: We're speaking with Rick Newman, senior columnist at Yahoo, Yahoo Finance. We're talking about this $34 trillion national debt. Sorry, so as you point out, nobody's doing anything about it in Washington. Um, what, what should be done in your mind?
5: Uh, This is solvable. I mean, this is important for people to keep in mind. This is not hopeless. Um, It will take a combination of uh, benefit cuts, spending cuts and um, tax increases. It can be um, it can be uh, factored in gradually. I mean, it can be phased in. It's not like we don't we're not you know, if we if we could do this in a timely way, you wouldn't have to suddenly hike taxes overnight and cause a recession. You could phase it in in a way that markets could digest and so on, Um, that there is no way to do this without those two things. So anybody who says all we have to do is cut spending or anybody who says all we have to do is raise taxes and that will solve the problem. They They are either wrong or they're lying. Now I should point out, Republicans in the House say they are addressing this problem because this problem with, you know, this difficulty in getting the government funded for 2024 and the risk of a shutdown is all about a fight over Republicans trying to cut spending more than Democrats are willing to do. But the problem is they're playing small ball. They, they are not trying to cut the money where the big programs are. They're trying to do little itty bitty, you know, road and bridge projects that don't amount to very much. The, the big money is in four programs. It's in defense Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid, and until somebody starts to get serious about addressing the high and rising cost of those programs, nobody is being serious about this.
0: Thanks, Rick. Rick Newman, senior columnist at Yahoo Finance. 20 minutes now after the hour on This Morning, America's First News. Here's Nicole Murray. And now, the three big
3: things you need to know. Number one.
1: Lawmakers have reached a $1.66 trillion spending agreement for 2024 with hopes of avoiding a government shutdown. The deal includes over $886 billion for defense spending and just over $772 billion in domestic and non-defense spending. Congressman Tim Burchett on Fox News.
3: I'd like to see some real cuts. I'd like to see HR2 passed. Uh, some agreement there and maybe cut back on all the just the free spending that we've been doing.
1: These numbers are in line with an agreement President Biden and former House Speaker Kevin McCarthy made last year during debt negotiations. The government is facing a partial shutdown on January 19th followed by a total lapse on February 2nd.
0: Number two.
1: The National Transportation Safety Board says the missing part of the Alaska Airlines aircraft that blew off mid-flight on Friday has been found in a residence backyard in Portland. NTSB Chair Jennifer Homendy says other parts of the Boeing 737 MAX 9 plane are still lost.
4: The headrests on 25A and 26A were gone. The seat back on 26A was, is also missing. The tray table on the back of 26A is also
1: missing. The FAA had ordered the grounding and emergency inspections of all Boeing 737 MAX 9 planes Saturday. Alaska Airlines warns the safety checks will take time and flight disruptions will continue.
0: Number three.
1: A major winter storm bringing heavy snow and freezing rain impacted residents across the country over the weekend. Icy roads made for hazardous travel as far south as North Carolina. Sussex County, New Jersey, saw 11 inches of snow, 12 inches in Monroe County, Pennsylvania, and more than a foot in areas of Massachusetts. The Big Apple, however, mainly saw rain. New York City Governor Kathy Hochul.
4: I know our friends in New York City have been waiting uh, 693 days to be able to build a snowman. And uh, lucky for them or unfortunate for them, depending on your perspective, they're going to have to wait a little bit longer. No real accumulation
1: there. LinkedIn may no longer be a social media platform for professional networking. Studies say more and more users are using this site for dating. Reasons include more honest profiles, easy vetting, and one can even use failed love interests as a reference if things don't work out.
0: Single and looking for work. Something like that, right? One of those things.
1: Use as a reference? I don't know. That's I'd weird. be like, get out of here. It's
0: weird. Now your ideas don't have to wait. Now, they have everything they need to come to life. Dell Technologies and Intel are creating technology that loves ideas, loves expanding your business, evolving your passions. We push what technology can do, so great ideas can happen right now. Find out how to bring your ideas to life at dell.com welcome to now. That's dell.com welcome to now. Thanks for being with us. There's new urgency for our New Year's financial resolution as Americans struggle with over a trillion dollars in credit card debt. How to tackle it from Andrew Keshner at MarketWatch. Andy, help us out.
2: There's one third of consumers in one survey said that they went into debt over the holiday season. And in that time, they racked up an average just over a thousand bucks in debt. Um, and that's actually down, um, from years past, according to this poll. But, uh, I mean, just, just, I think it's safe. It's safe to bet that it, there is, um, that there's, uh, there, there's a whole heck of a lot more credit card debt coming to us in the fourth quarter, which is traditionally the case, but this is a special year of just when it's, it, it's, it's been boom times for credit yeah. card debt. What's that average bill like to a few thousand? Uh, well, actually, you know, in, in, in all of those, um, uh, all, all of the, the numbers that swirl out there, um, TransUnion says that f- for people who carry a balance month to month, the that average balance right now is $6,088. Uh, that's the highest amount in the last 10 years. And it's expensive,
0: um, man, right? I mean, credit cards are screaming at us right now with that percentage rate.
2: That's right. Yeah. I mean, uh, these we're talking about APRs in, you know, uh, above 20 percent, uh, you know, in this time of rising rates. And so, um, uh, you know, it it just becomes more expensive to carry that debt um, month in and month out. Jeez. And yeah. and so that's now yeah, that's that's the toll. We're speaking with
0: Andy Keschner, personal finance reporter at MarketWatch. We're talking about an action plan for your newly found credit card debt. Uh, All right. So what do we do here? How do we how do we tackle this?
2: Yeah. So step one is just look at the good, the bad and the ugly on on what you owe um, in your in your debt and and also just your your budget as a whole, Um, you know, what your your income, your expenses um, and then. Understand how much you're paying on your credit card. You know, really just get uh, the real survey of the scene. And frankly, you know, this can get uncomfortable for some people because, um, unfortunately, debt is tied up in all these emotions and, and a lot. You know, shame is something that people I, I hear often, or yeah. or or, uh, or you know, embarrassment, or, or you know, so it's not it's not great a feeling to really look at, oh, my gosh, I have this much and I paid this much and this is my interest rate. But I mean, you know, the first step to dealing with the problem is seeing the full extent of it. Yeah. What's uh,
0: what's the point about deciding which card to focus on first if you have a couple of cards going here?
2: So there's there's a couple debt repayment strategies out there. Um, There is the debt avalanche um, and the debt snowball. Um, the debt avalanche is the idea that you devote as much as you can to your highest rate debt, um, and you pay that first, and then you just you know move down that way.
0: Thanks, Andy Andrew Keshner, reporter at Market Watch. Thirty minutes now after the hour on this morning, America's first news. If you still have landline phone service, you may have noticed that your monthly bills have been skyrocketing. That's because the FCC no longer regulates copper lines, and phone companies are jacking up the price of their service. UMA is an internet home phone service that lets you keep enjoying the safety and peace of mind of a home phone without paying an arm and a leg. In fact, with a one-time purchase of the UMA Tello, you get internet home phone service for free. All you pay are applicable taxes and fees. Unlike mobile phones, Uma has address-based 911, so dispatchers will know exactly where to find you in an emergency. In the event you call 911, Uma can send a text alert to loved ones. Uma even includes a free mobile app so you can take your home number on the go. And don't worry, you can keep your home phone number for a one-time fee or get a new one for free. Setup is easy. It takes less than 10 minutes. Stop paying too much for home phone service. Visit uma.com gordon deal today to get a special. Discount that's OOMA.com/slash Gordon Deal. Edgy, smart, bringing you what you need to know. This is America's first news this morning with Gordon Deal. Hey, thanks for spending time with us. Welcome into Monday, January 8th. Gordon Deal with Nicole Murray. Some of our top stories and headlines: congressional negotiators find compromise on a government spending level, another round of severe weather for tens of millions biden administration secrets why did defense secretary lloyd austin hide a severe medical condition that left him hospitalized in the icu investigators find a key evidence piece after part of an airborne jet came apart college football national title game tonight bills beat the dolphins to finish the nfl playoff picture and celebrating a beloved navy vet at a florida diner that story in about 20 minutes This portion of the program is brought to you by UMA. Copper lines are going away, driving up the price of home phone service. Start saving with UMA. Go to OOMA.com to learn more. Americans are terrible at using their vacation time. And yet, as a new year begins, posts about maxing out PTO, or paid time off, have been making the rounds on social media. More from Natalie Compton, travel reporter at The Washington Post. Natalie, what's being said?
4: Sure. So we've been seeing lots of posts on social media, whether it's TikTok or X, formerly Twitter, of people who are sharing these cheat sheets on what days you should take off in 2024 to really maximize how many days in a row you'll have to yourself. So these are playing off of federal holidays and weekends, and people are, are really appreciative of having somebody do some of that legwork for them if these holidays pertain to you
0: allow the uh, the cynic in me as an older guy to come out here. This is this is breaking news to like the TikTok crowd or the 20-somethings that you can schedule vacation days around like federal holidays and maximize your
5: time.
4: Absolutely. One of the first things people I spoke to said was, this is not new. We have been strategically planning our days off since we started working and getting days off. So really what I think stands out for people is having this easy thing to screenshot so you can start to plan ahead and be like, oh, right. That's when I should be requesting my paid time off this year.
0: Gotcha. Which does get back to the point you made at the start of your piece, which is that, man, we're terrible at taking vacation time as americans how come like what, what what's the data say
4: well we really have a unique culture in the united states that rewards the virtue of working really hard and sacrificing your own pleasure to get ahead in life or ambition over everything else work hard play hard but we're not really good at the play hard we don't take off nearly as much vacation time as we're allowed we leave a lot of it on the table and that's a damn shame, especially because not every country gets these opportunities. And in the United States, not everybody gets paid time off. And, and the ones who do, we're not using it all. That's insane.
0: Yeah. We're speaking with Natalie Compton, travel reporter at The Washington Post. Her story is called How to Get the Most Days Off with Your Vacation Time in 2024. So give us a little sample of some of the, the holiday slash time off math that uh, some, of the, some of the folks have put together.
4: Sure. The main point is that this won't work for a lot of types of workers in the United States. Healthcare workers, people who work in hospitality, lots of people work on those federal holidays or work over the weekend. So, with that caveat, some of the days that people have suggested, one that's coming up next, if you were to take off between January 16th and 19th, you're looking at nine consecutive days off in a row. That's a nice long vacation. And for a lot of these on um, these calendars, you end up with about nine days off. So the next one you could think of would be February 20th through the 23rd. And you're only using four vacation days. But if you have those federal holidays, you actually get nine days off. Yeah. And this continues through the entire year.
0: It sounds great in principle, but as you point out, it can mean, be expensive <laughs> to travel around those times, though.
4: Totally. So because you are talking about those holidays and whether that's spring break or Christmas or Thanksgiving, those are statistically the highest cost travel, whether you're looking at flights or hotels. So you win some and you lose some. A hack for getting around those more expensive issues is things like flying midweek instead of right around the holiday. So maybe you book those nine days off, but you're not traveling for the entirety of them. So you can save a little money by flying on an off-peak day. The other thing that you could do that travel experts like myself and the ones I interviewed for this story suggest say is use those days as when you're going to travel, but don't be specific about where you're going to go. Be like, I want to take a nine-day trip somewhere and follow the deals instead of being like, I'm going to use these nine days to go to Paris. That way you can get around those expensive holiday periods and take a great vacation somewhere and relax.
0: Yeah, I do like that strategy. Uh, Finish up, if you would, about um, your point about knowing the paid time off policies at your job.
4: Every company is going to be different with how they handle your paid time off. Some people in the comments of these viral videos and tweets mentioned my company won't give me a paid holiday if I take the day before off or the day after. So you might be working with one of those companies that penalizes taking some of these days. So know that before you book.
0: Thanks, Natalie. Natalie Compton, travel reporter at The Washington Post. Now your ideas don't have to wait. Now they have everything they need to come to life. Dell Technologies and Intel are creating technology that loves ideas, loves expanding your business, evolving your passions. We push what technology can do so great ideas can happen right now. Find out how to bring your ideas to life at dell.com welcome to now. That's dell.com welcome to now. Welcome into Monday. It's time now for the Mic Drop with this morning's Mike Gavin.
3: Good morning. Well, the end of the regular season of football means a lot of things for the players. For the Seattle Seahawks players, it means one last chance to haze the rookies, which they apparently did in style. One of the team's players posted a picture on social media over the weekend showing how much the rookies were on the hook for after dessert was served at the El Gaucho restaurant in Bellevue, Washington. After tax and a 22% service charge, the total came out to over $22,000. Social media users had some thoughts, including how pricey some of the items on the menu were, like $14 for mashed potatoes and another $14 for corn. Others wondered whether the $3,500 service charge went to the restaurant or to the servers, which would have made the bill more expensive for the rookies with an additional tip. Others took the time to soapbox against this type of treatment of first-year players, forcing them to pony up a significant chunk of their salaries to feed players who make a lot more money than they do. Yeah, this, is, uh, this is a long-held tradition, though,
0: right? Yeah, I guess so. If like, they pay for something, the rookies, sometimes, somewhere, they got to cough up money to pay for a meal for the veterans.
3: Yeah, I mean, I guess you know by this point in the season too there's actually fewer rookies too right i'm thinking true. about it. if they did this in the beginning of the season there'd be right. more rookies kind of to share right. the expense mm-hmm. but as the season goes along they kind of pare them down and there's only you know maybe a handful left yeah. at this point what
0: is with that by the way 14 bucks for mashed
3: potatoes uh yeah there was wow. a lot of yeah there was a lot of 14 for i think carrot cake or something like that like you know a lot Jeez. of uh, and then the, the actual entrees themselves I mean some of them well over $100. There oh, was wow. like a hundred dollars there's a lobster tail on there for like 132 dollars or something
0: when i saw 14 for mashed potatoes i immediately assumed it came to like a Fifty-five gallon drum.
3: Yeah, like that it was served that way. <laughs> Which you would probably need to, little, to cover the yeah. players. Yeah. Wow. And uh, there are so many questions begging to be asked following this story. Police say a man crashed his car outside a Bass Pro Shop in Leeds, Alabama, stripped down to his birthday suit and plunged into the giant aquarium inside the store, all in front of dozens of very shocked shoppers. Police said the 42-year-old Alabama man did a cannonball leap into the aquarium and then stood under a waterfall. He then left the waterfall to yell at two officers, then dove back into the aquarium. The man eventually climbed over the side of the aquarium and fell to the concrete floor below, where he was promptly apprehended. The swimmer spent about five minutes in the water before officers arrived. He faces several charges, including public lewdness, disorderly conduct, and criminal mischief. There are times when I see
0: these dopey videos of of actual pranks, Mm -hmm. uh, not necessarily of people doing what this guy did whatever it was, but people who just this deliberately. But I just think... There should be some sort of trigger mechanism that bass pro shops has in which they I don't know release an underwater gate and out comes like a small school of barracuda. <laughs> yes. You know, or piranha which unfortunately would eat the bass that are in the tank probably right, yeah. but you know might do more damage. Yeah, that uh, would, I think that'd be a real deterrent.
3: Yeah, I mean, if you knew there was like a big sign up or something that said, yeah. "Look, you know, anyone who jumps in the aquarium yeah. is going to be subject to piranha eating." Right? Yeah, I guess that would yeah. you know, be that, a deterrent. Yeah, yeah. This guy might have thought twice, perhaps, but I don't know. He seemed like he was pretty
0: determined, and would really change the way the video comes across. Uh, I
3: mean, it's
0: not so entertaining now. Well, I suppose you and I would not be talking about it here. It would be no. more during the serious news portion That's of the correct. program. Right. Thank you, Mike. Anyone who's ever woken up in the middle of the night and struggled to go back to sleep knows the toll insomnia can take the following day. The CDC says more than 17% of us had trouble staying asleep most days or every day of the past month. Sleep experts tell Fox News that when you wake up in the middle of the night, it's best to stay in bed at first. Try to relax, see if you can fall asleep again. Then try techniques like progressive relaxation, breathing exercises, white noise machines. If none of those work after 10 or 15 minutes, time to get out of bed. At that point, go to a quiet and comfortable place like the couch and engage in a quiet, low-stimulation activity like reading a book or doing a calming activity until you feel sleepy again, then return to bed. However, resist the urge to reach for your phone or look at the clock. Eight minutes now in front of the hour on This Morning. Once again, here's Nicole Murray. And now, the three big things you need to know. Number one.
1: Government officials say they hope to release a new proposal to tighten U.S. border laws later this week. Possible changes include making it easier to deport people already living in the U.S. without a day in court, as well as setting a limit on how many asylum seekers could be processed per day or per year. Senator James Lankford on Fox News Sunday.
3: We've got to have a
0: Democrat Senate, a Democrat White House, and a Republican House to be able to go through this. So, this agreement has to work. Everyone's counting on this actually working.
1: The bill would continue building former President Trump's border wall, reinstate a policy that requires migrants seeking asylum to live in northern Mexican border cities during their U.S. court proceedings, and make it nearly impossible to claim asylum at the southern border.
0: Number two
1: Secretary of State Antony Blinken will arrive in Israel today with hopes of preventing a full blown war in the Middle East. Blinken started a five-day tour in Qatar on Sunday to de-escalate tensions between Israel and the Lebanese-Milton group Hezbollah, Blinken after discussing with Qatar's leaders.
0: Our partners are willing to have these difficult conversations and to make hard decisions. All of us feel a stake in forging a way forward. All of us recognize that we have to work together.
1: He is also due to visit the West Bank and Egypt this week.
0: Number three.
1: Former President Donald Trump says America's civil war could have been negotiated at a campaign stop in Iowa over the weekend. In response, Charles Taylor Jr., executive director for the Mississippi NAACP, told USA Today human rights should never be negotiable. Savante Myrick, the president of People for the American Way, told the paper Trump's comments demonstrate a glaring ignorance of American history. Iowa high school students are planning to walk out of class at noon today and march to the state capitol to protest what they say is lawmakers' inaction on gun violence. The call for protest came for March of Our Lives, Iowa hours, after a 17-year-old student shot and killed a 6th grader and injured seven others. Oppenheimer, Succession and the Bear took several of the biggest categories last night at CBS's Golden Globes. Barbie entering the evening with nominations in nine categories only took home two wins including the cinematic and box office achievement award star Margot Robbie during her acceptance speech.
4: Thank you so much to the Golden Globes for creating an award that celebrates movie fans. This is a movie about Barbie but it's also a movie about humans. We it made it, it's about you. We made it for you, and we made it with love, and thank you for loving it back.
0: Margot Robbie. Hi, (laughs) Ken. A U.S. Navy veteran has gone viral after a local cafe posted news of his loyalty to the restaurant. Mr. Lee, as he's known, is a veteran who lives in Pensacola, Florida, and visits the Scenic 90 Cafe every morning for breakfast. The Scenic 90 Cafe posted a photo of Mr. Lee on Facebook, in which he's seen separating coffee filters just to help out the staff because he wanted to. Meanwhile, Mr. Lee will turn 90 in two months and the cafe is planning to celebrate the servers will be decorating his chair and getting him balloons and now the cafe is asking for birthday cards to honor the life and legacy of mr lee again the scenic 90 cafe if you want to help out is in pensacola florida that'll do it for this hour for nicole murray and mike gavin i'm gordon deal thanks for listening to this morning america's first news